continue to pray. Amen. Can we go to the Lord first thing this evening? Can we stand to our feet and get our minds on the Lord? I know that we are transitioning out of the afternoon or ensemble practice or the variety of things that we do Sunday afternoons, but we've come to worship him. Can we close our eyes and lift our hands and just get our minds on the Lord? Can we desire him tonight, long for him tonight? Amen. When we open our heart, he welcomes that invitation. And some of us desire God to visit us here this evening. Lord God of Jacob, I thank you, God, for your love and your mercy and your consistency and your faithfulness. God, I pray, O Lord, that you just begin to move into the service here tonight. Move on the youngest to the oldest, O God. Move amongst your sons and your daughters. And God, we've come in with the desperation here tonight. God, we may have encountered you this morning, but God, we covet your presence here tonight. We covet an encounter with you. God, we covet a dialogue with you. And Lord, I pray right now that you begin to pierce the darkness, God, that you begin to crack open darkness here tonight. And God, let your light begin to move. Let your presence move over the waters, God. We know that darkness cannot comprehend what you are doing. Lord, we speak into life, into this atmosphere, an atmosphere of power, love, and a sound mind. God, I rebuke every spirit of distraction in this place. Uh, and God, let our hearts and our minds, God, be open to receive you, to reciprocate your love, God, to demonstrate the love that you have shown us. Uh, God, begin to move into this place in Jesus' name. God, we take authority over the enemy here tonight. God, you said in every word and in every deed we do in the name of the Lord Jesus. God, we know that demons uh, believe and tremble at the name of Jesus. Uh, God, we utter, God, and declare your name in this atmosphere. We dedicate this service to you here tonight. And God, you will have your way. God, your intentions will come to fruition. And no scheme of man and God, no demon uh, could stop what you have here tonight. Uh, in the name of Jesus, uh, we lift up right now, God, our bishop, as he's in Tennessee. God, I pray that you commission your angels for traveling mercies. Uh, God, to bring him home to Texas. Lord, we lift up Sister White. God, it was an activation of prayer and faith this morning. But God, we are going to declare it in the atmosphere here tonight that she is healed and we rebuke cancer in the name of Jesus. Jesus, God, it's your report that we believe because you are the great and wise physician. God, we lift up Brother Pardo. God, give him strength in his body. God, I pray that you encourage him right now in the name of Jesus. God, move into this place. Anoint our ensemble to sing the songs of Zion, to pray down and to sing down your Shekinah here tonight in the name of Jesus. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of prayer? Somebody give our God a shout of praise in the house. We've come here for him and only him. Oh God, move into this place. Jesus, help us to receive you. Let this atmosphere be conducive to receiving your presence. Condition our heart here tonight. Oh God, have your way in Jesus' name.
the joy that he has given us that joy that's unspeakable joy in the midst of the morning and we have the joy that everybody in this world is looking after longing after desperate for hungering after and they're looking in all the wrong places and the true joy that brings completion is Jesus Christ Amen. Everything else is empty. Everything else is void. Everything else is temporary. But the joy that God gives us is eternal. Amen. And our hope should lead us to joy. Amen. Remember, these altars are open. Whatever you have need of, we will pray. So good to see everybody this evening. Let's continue to worship our God.
we feel comfortable in doing so, can we close our eyes and lift our hands? God, be the center of our life. God, recenter us in the midst of your presence. Oh, Lord, I'm thankful, God, that you have brought me and you have brought us through so much. God, you have been with us every step of the way, God. From the mountaintop to the valley, you are still there. And God, tonight, reassure us, remind us, comfort us. God, realign us, oh God, into the midst of your presence. Create in us a clean heart. Renew in us the right spirit, oh God. Purge us with hyssop, God. Make us as white as snow, oh God. You are the God where old things have passed away, hence you make all things new. God, rearrange us to be God in the center and to have you in the center of our lives here tonight. We thank you, God, for all that you've done, God, and your consistency and your faithfulness to continue on with a sinner like me. We thank you here tonight, Jesus. In Jesus' name, we're going to continue to sing unto the Lord. Remember, these altars are open. Let's just see what God will do here tonight.
grateful for a God that is a God of countless second chances. If we but repent and open our heart, he makes all things new, a clean heart and the right spirit. Great words uttered by a man after God's own heart, King David himself, creating us a clean heart, renewing us a right spirit. God, I have sinned before you, but God, I ask for your forgiveness. That was a heart that David demonstrated that God loved. Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise here tonight? So good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. If you you are more than welcome to return to your seats, we're going to make a few announcements this evening. Remember to pray for our bishop, Brother Delion. They are at Brother Rainer's church in Scottsdale, Tennessee. And they have quite a drive tomorrow, so please pray for traveling mercies. Continue to pray for Brother Pardo as he's fighting pretty substantial sickness, but I know a God that is a healer. But not only that, encouragement in the midst of the sickness battle. Amen. I don't know. Sometimes when we're fighting, fighting the really serious sickness, there's some emotional battles that go with the sickness. Amen. So we are praying that God moves and encourages Brother Pardo. Sister Phillips, so good to see you. Amen. We've been praying for you. We've missed you. Welcome back. Amen. Amen. It's so good to see Sister Phillips. And we're continuing to pray for my Ima Levon. Amen. I believe that faith was activated this morning. And I believe that God's report is definitely going to be louder than the doctor's reports. Amen. At this time, I'm going to ask Brother Hillman to come and to give our announcements for the church. Not only that, I'd like you to receive Sunday evening's offering as well, sir. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Are you excited tonight to be in the house of worship? Amen. Praise God. God, allow all of us to be here tonight to come give him praise. There's nothing like coming together, amen, in his courts with thanksgiving, amen, to worship him in the beauty of holiness. Praise God. Well, I'm just glad to see everyone here tonight. I'm glad to be here. Nothing more other place that I'd rather be than the house of God worshiping him. Praise the Lord. The way of announcements this Wednesday, the youth is going to be running our service this coming Wednesday, the PM service course. That is August 31st. Um, and this Tuesday, we have an, uh, our veterans uh, gathering. Uh, that'd be at 6 p.m. here at the church. All those that uh, know some people that's part of the military, that have been Planted to the military, come out and attend, amen, as we just worship together and break bread together with our veterans that's here in this community, amen. Uh, keep in mind about our clothes, closet, food, and things of that nature. We still need uh, hangers, amen. Keep that in mind. Um, continue to bring those things to the house of the Lord that we can be a blessing to someone else that's in need of those things. Amen. Amen. And on, uh, we have church fellowship. That's going to be in October, the 30th p.m. service. Praise God. We thank the Lord that we can come together like that and, and break bread, not just only spiritually, but uh, naturally break bread. So come out uh, Sunday, the 30th, um, 5 p.m. We're going to have our, our fellowship time together. In, in October 31st, that's going to be a Monday, we will have our fall festival. So keep that in mind. And as Brother Charles was mentioning earlier today, about as many that can support that uh, financially to help um, the church so we can have a grand time. And of course, uh, our church was such a blessing to the community, those that came by that um, didn't want their children involved with the, the things that they do on Halloween. They came here and brought their families here. So pray that God bless us with that. Amen. Those of you that is able to help out in that in any way that you can, do so. God will bless you in doing that. Praise God. Amen. This time we would like to receive our offering. 
amen, uh, tithes. And, oh, I'm sorry. Appreciate you, Brother Hillman. Uh, two announcements, youth ensemble, youth ensemble. If you are participating in the youth ensemble, your practice is going to be Wednesday at 6 p.m., 6 p.m. Also going on with our fall festival, uh, we are going to be putting together a fall festival committee. If you want to help with that fall festival committee, the committee head will be Sister Sandra, Sister Luna, Brother Charles, and Sister Christina. Amen. We appreciate Sister Sandra and Sister Luna and all that they've done, and Brother Charles, all that they've done over the years for the hospitality committee and putting things together. Amen. Really loved the fall festival last year. Amen. To going with what Brother Hillman was saying, we had parents throughout the community stop and say, what is this for? And hey, this is our fall festival for the church. Well, good. We want nothing to do with Halloween. And that is coming from a secular individual. Right. Amen. So it is an outstanding community event. Amen. So don't forget Youth Ensemble, and then that committee will be getting together. And if you want to insist in any way, whether it's helping financially, get with that committee. Also, we are going to be uh, next week, as Brother Charles said, uh, we are going to be starting to collect our fall festival candy. Uh, going with what we have said every year, no affiliation to Halloween whatsoever on the wrapper. Amen. Just Kit Kats, lots of Kit Kats, because that's my favorite. <laughs> candy. Amen. We love and appreciate everyone. Brother Hillman, thank you, sir. Amen. Praise the Lord. So this time we're going to receive our sacrifice offerings and also our tithes. Amen. That those that can come up, amen, to uh, put some in the offering, uh, do so with those that's unable. Uh, just raise your hand. I'd be more than happy to come to you. Amen. Our ensemble may be seated this evening. Amen. Thank you so much, Brother Hillman. It's good to see everybody in the house of the Lord this evening. Amen. Appreciate our ensemble singing unto the Lord, preparing the way for the service. I give honor to the Lord my God, give honor to our bishop for allowing me to lead the service here tonight. Now, this particular message was inspired by a conversation I had with one of the members of our church uh, right after the morning service. And this particular conversation I was very humbled to have because it was a very personal and intimate conversation. And that role and responsibility of being entrusted with the situation, operating as a pastor, very humbling. And so this conversation was an inspiration to tonight's message because I think it pertains to all of us, amen, as we're making our way back to our seats and we're transitioning because this applies to everybody, amen. And I appreciate that individual for being my muse. A muse goes back to Greek times where it is a person or a thing of inspiration, amen. God is using it. And I believe that this pertains to more than just one individual in the church, but several. But it is how we deal with this situation or having a sense of awareness. Because if we are not careful, it will affect us. Amen. We're going to be reading in the book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, chapter 35, verses 1 through 5. We have heard portions of this before. But we are going to bring this into the context of tonight's message. Is that once again, I think this pertains to several individuals. Amen. If we could get our minds on the Lord, we could find our seats. Amen. Isaiah chapter 35, verse 1. The wilderness, that's the desert, and the solitary place shall be glad for them. And the desert shall rejoice. Wow. And the blossom as the rose. Next verse, please. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given unto it. The excellency of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God. 
Verse 3 states, strengthen ye weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. Amen. Say to them that are of a fearful heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with a vengeance, even God with a recompense, and he will come and save you. Verse 5, then the eyes of the blind shall be opened. And the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. I'm going to go on to verse 6 because it is amazing. Then shall the lame man leap as a heart, that is a deer. And the tongue of the dumb sing, those are those that are mute. And the wilderness shall waters break out in streams in the desert. In streams in the deserts. Amen. If we feel comfortable in doing so tonight, can we put our Bibles down, our tablets down, and lift our hands and just right now begin to pray unto the Lord. Lord God of Jacob, we thank you, God, for your mercy and your grace, your word and your truth. God, your word, God, throughout millennia has been our encouragement. God, your word that was spoke to the children of Israel by the prophet Isaiah, the concepts of promise, the concepts of blessings, the concepts of memorials and testimonies, God, are for us. And God, here tonight, we desire for the desert place to bloom. God, we desire for the waters uh, to come forth out of the desert place. Uh, restore, O oh God. Lord, lift up the weak hands. Lift up the feeble knees. God, strengthen us in our desert place in the name of Jesus. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise here tonight? And can somebody give our God a shout of praise? Amen. Tonight I'd like to preach this particular thought. And we have all been here spiritually. Oh, we have endured the desert place. Some of us have just come out of our desert place. And some of us are in the midst of our desert place. But one God has placed us in the midst of our spiritual sand and dust and desolation. It's what we do in the midst of the desert place that leads to our success. Amen. We can't let anybody lead us astray in our desert place. Now, I am going to speak from experience. I have been privileged, along with Elder Phillips and those that have deployed, I have spent two years, 24 months, in a variety of desert places. I have been to the Kuwaiti Desert. There is absolutely nothing. It is the biggest sandbox that I have ever seen in my entire life. I almost hit a camel with my Humvee there, like the most random animal. Amen. I have been to the Iraqi deserts. I have been to the desert that is in Turkey. I have been privileged and honored to spend time in my favorite desert of all places, and that's the Judean desert. Am I right, Brother Scotty? He has the biggest grin on his face, and he's shaking his head. It may be dry. It may be desolate. But there is a beauty in the midst of the desert place. If you take your time in the desert place, you can find beauty. But you have to have the mindset to find the beauty. The Judean desert is where the Dead Sea is. The Judean desert is where the Dead Sea Scrolls were. The Judean desert is where Jericho fell. The the Judean desert is where Jesus would have walked. And all the great men and women of the Bible would have been in the Judean desert. But that desert place is dry. It is desolate. It is lacking life. In many ways and in many places, specifically the Kuwaiti desert, there is nothing that grows there except a few plants. And in the Kuwaiti desert, they have these giant mutant lizards that seem to appear out of nowhere. I don't know what they are. Elder, do you remember those lizards in Kuwait? I mean, you're driving down in your Humvee. I mean, I'm booking it at 50 miles an hour. And these, de- and these lizards jump out and start scurrying away. I'll be honest with you. It freaks you out. I'm like, where are you coming from? I mean, on our military map for Kuwait, it literally says the desert. 
We've been there spiritually. Yes, we have. It's dry. It's desolate. It's hot. It seems that nothing is growing. I'm telling you, even in the Kuwaiti desert, Brother Simmons, I don't know about you, my very teeth dried out. It was so dry. We've been to that place. But there is beauty in the desert if you take the time to look for it. And some of us tonight, God has trusted you to be placed in your desert. It's not necessarily sin. It may not be the wilderness of sin, but God has commanded you and has orchestrated for you to be in that desert place. And if we are not careful, the desert will kill us. But if we take and understand and have the conscious efforts to realize what God is doing in our life, there is power in that desert place. There is growth in that desert place. Amen. And I'm here to tell you here tonight, don't be despondent in that place. In that desert place, it seems that nothing is growing. You are so thirsty spiritually. And some of you in that desert place, you feel that God has stopped speaking to you. But don't allow his silence to confuse you for absence. His silence does not mean the absence of God. God is in the midst of your desert place. In every dune, in every sand dune that you are walking through, in every dry and hot place that nothing seems to grow, God is not absent from the midst of your deserts. God has trusted you with this desert. God has trusted you with this wilderness. The Hebrew word for desert is midbar. And there's a few other renditions where it's Arab, step, amen. Uh, it is a land that is desolate, which is midbar, impassable. And the wilderness is Arabia, and it shall rejoice. The land that lies in waste is Charba, and the land without water is Yeshimon. I think that this is many of us here tonight, desolation, a place that seems to have no water. But I want us to focus on the word midbar. And I want you to hear the particular Hebrew context of this word. Midbar, midbar means desert or desolation. But it could have roots to the concept of to speak. I'm going to say that again. Midbar in Hebrew doesn't necessarily just mean desolation, but it could also mean to speak. God has put you in this quiet place so he can speak. My desert place is more than desolation. God wants to speak to me in this desert. And it may not be the way I think that we are confusing for silence. Remember, his silence is not absence. God is not absent if we call on his name and trust in him. He's as close as the mention of his name. But God wants to speak to you in the circumstance, teach you in the circumstance. Amen. Some of the greatest men and women had great experiences in the desert. But Isaiah, we look at the prophet Isaiah, and this is actually a physical prophecy coming towards the end times, a physical prophecy coming to the return of the Messiah. And this particular prophecy has been fulfilled. This, the nation of Israel has made the desert bloom as a rose. The, Israel had been a desert for generations before 1948, starting in 1948, 
when Israel had become a state, they begin to work the land. They begin to dig up the rocks, begin to water it, and now it is a flower blooming in the desert place. That prophecy in the book of Isaiah has been fulfilled. But if we look at it in the spiritual connotation, there will be joy in the desert place. There will be a flower blooming in your desert place. The rose of Sharon, which they talked about Sharon and Mount Carmel. The desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. Physically, this prophecy has been fulfilled, but here tonight, I believe that it is a prophecy for the midst of your desert if you will trust God in the midst of your wilderness. Joy and singing, the glory of Lebanon, given to the excellency of Carmel and Sharon. God wants to make your desert bloom here tonight. The desert place is where God demonstrates his wonders. The desert place is where he calls people. The desert place is where he matures people. I hope we're listening tonight because some of you, if we're not careful, we flail in the desert place. We allow Satan to take advantage of us in the desert place. The desert place is lonely, Evan. The desert place is solitude. That desert place is an incredibly lonely experience as an individual. But you are not alone because God is with you. God is proving you. God is maturing you. God is shaping you into the individual that you can become in him. If God, just like we talked about with Job, Job uh, God used Job to embarrass Satan. If God has placed you in that desert place, he is working something in your life. And I'm not talking sin, but man, God, I have given everything, but now I'm in a desert place? I was in the land flowing with milk and honey. I, was, I had palm trees, date trees. I had flowers everywhere, birds singing. And now I am walking in the biggest sandbox known to man. And I am, feel so alone. But God is with you. It is a hardening process. It's a maturing process. It's a building of faith. It's a building of trust. God is shaping you. God is bringing that temperance into you. That means he is hardening you for what is to come. The desert place is a place of hardening, shaping, and discipline. Amen. That means God has trusted you, placed you there. Amen. We're going to look at a few individuals and use this in the context of where you are in your desert. Abraham was called the father of nations, the father of the faithful in the desert. It wasn't in the midst of the city. It wasn't in the midst of an oasis, Evan. It was the land of Ur, right outside the city of Babylon in Iraq. I've been there. It's, it's not very beautiful. But God uses the desert to call his people. It was Abraham that had a conversation with God, not in the distraction of the oasis, not in the distraction of the mountaintop, but in the loneliest of deserts, God spoke to a man, and some come from your family, come out of your land, and you're going to go to a land that I have promised you. Would have Abraham be as receptive, he was, he was in the perfect oasis. Would he have been receptive to God if everything was perfect, an oasis, and everything was given? But when we are in the desperate place and God calls us, there is a greater purpose. I call you. You are going to be a great nation. Your children will be as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sands on the shore. You will be my people. I will bless you that bless I will bless them that bless you. I will curse them that curse you, and you shall have a child. These promises happened in the desert place. And if you are still in your desert and trust God, watch what He calls you to do. Some of you are waiting 
Just wait in the desert place. Trust God and Isaac is coming. Your promise is coming. Amen. I look at Moses, who was a precursor delivery for the ch- deliverer for the children of Israel. We know this man, this individual that had royalty. He was raised in his Egyptian. He was in Pharaoh's house. He had all the education. He had all the food. He had all the benefits of being royalty. But God had to move him from the oasis to everything being handed to the desert place to perpetuate God's promise and will. And here was Moses that had something in him, Jaden, where he saw the abuse of his people, the Hebrews, and killed an Egyptian for it. And here was a man that was running from his murder, running from his crime, and went into the backside of the wilderness, the backside of the desert, taking care of the sheep and goats of his father-in-law, Jethro. And God called him in the backside of the wilderness, the backside of the desert, through a burning bush, that theophany, that bush that would burn but not be consumed. And God called him to be the savior of his people. God called him to be that deliverer of the people. But would have Moses been as receptive in the midst of life of luxury? If God called him from an Egyptian household. Sometimes God has to rip us out of our comfort to bring us to our full potential. Moses was called in that wilderness. Amen. We know that the children of Israel... Because of their disbelief, they had the promise. Brother Scotty mentioned it this morning. The disbelief of ten cost an entire generation. The children of Israel could have gone right into the land flowing with milk and honey if they would have believed. The walk from Egypt right into Canaan was about a two-week walk. They were right there. But because of disbelief, They had to walk the wilderness for 40 years. Why? It wasn't just a disbelief. God had to harden them. Would they have been willing and ready to fight for their promise in the land flowing with milk and honey if they were but young babes coming out of Egypt with no discipline, no hardness? Would they have been ready to take down Jericho, AI, even giants? In the desert place, God hardens us. In the desert place, God tempers us. God disciplines us. God crafts our warfare. I am telling you, I've seen the Bedouins from Iraq to Kuwait to Israel, and the Bedouins are the wandering people going back thousands of years. They don't have a city. They don't have a particular government. They just wander as communities throughout the desert. And I am here to tell you, they even have tents and camels sitting off the highway amongst all this first world nation of Israel, but they live as it was, as a desert people. And I've seen them. There is a hardness to them. There's a count of hardness because the desert has proven them. Their skin is as leather and they are perpetually tanned because of it and they've been through the desert sun, they've been through the desert wind, they've been through the sandstorms, and they learn to live in the desert place because when they go to what God had in store, they are hardened, they are ready, and they are disciplined. This was the children of Israel. Jericho, Jericho had no clue who was walking up on them. It was a generation of 40 years with the faith in God that was hardened from the desert place to decimate the enemy. And maybe God hasn't just thrown you into the land of milk and honey because we need that hardening just a little bit more. To be ready to spiritually fight for our promise in the land flowing with milk and honey. They had to fight for it. They had to claim it. But maybe we're just not quite ready to step in because God has us in the desert place to harden us. I'm telling you, those Bedouins, there's a hardness on their countenance, right being raised in some of the harshest environment. And God spiritually is raising us in this harsh environment. 
But let me ask you this question. When they were in the wilderness, did the cloud disappear? Did the fire by night disappear? Did the manna stop? Did the quail stop? Did their clothes all of a sudden just disintegrate? God was still in the midst of the hardening. Remember, his silence is not necessarily absence. God still provides in the midst of the desert place. Did the water still come from the rock, Evan? Brother Simmons, did the water come from the rock still? Because God still provides. But there was a hardness that was going on with the children of Israel. Some of you have to be content with the manna. Some of us need to be content with our tent. And our focal point needs to be the cloud by day and the fire by night at all times. God, if you want me to wander just a little bit longer in this place because it's preparing me for the land that you have given to Abraham, allow me to wander just a little bit longer. Because it may be lonely, it may be desolate, it may not be everything that you promised as of yet, but God, you are preparing me in this desert place for the promise, the land flowing with milk and honey. And God, when I get that promise put before me and you say go, I want to be fighting ready and I want a hardness for the battles to come. Because otherwise the children of Israel coming right out of their emancipation, out of slavery, would have been killed. God said, I have to prepare you. Amen. John the Baptist prepared the way of the Lord in the midst of Jerusalem, right? Did John the Baptist prepare the way of the Lord in the midst of the oasis or in the desert place? The desert place. His ministry was in the desert place. It is written and it is documented in the Dead Sea Scrolls that John the Baptist visited the Asians who were right there at the Dead Sea, the writers of the Dead Sea Scroll. Very much the desert place. Ministry happens in the desert place. Where was Jesus baptized? No, it was a commercial location that Israel has. Brother Scotty, where is it? Right there in the desert place. Jesus was baptized where they believed, truly believed, right there at the River Jordan, would have been the same river that Joshua and the children of Israel would have crossed to take Jericho out. All in the desert place. When Jesus was preparing for his three-year ministry, knowing what was to come for 40 days and 40 nights. Where did he go? The desert place. Stepping out of the distractions of the oasis, stepping out of the distractions of plenty, where it is just nothing but him. What does the desert mean to speak? Sometimes God needs to pull you out of your distractions into the midst of the sand dune where it is nothing but Water from a rock and manna to sustain you until the plenty, to speak to you. But if we're not careful, we become dehydrated. If we're not careful, we get lost in the sandstorm. If we're not careful, we get a spiritual heat stroke where God has given us all the necessities we need, all the essentials we need in the midst of the desert place. And tonight... I truly believe this is many of us. Thank you to my spiritual muse, that inspiration. Jesus also, if I remember, contended with Satan in the wilderness. I mean, he did it in all things. But he had a one-to-one, as we used to call as a military police person, right? Verbal judo. Hey, I'll give you this. Thus saith the Lord. In what? The desert place. Power in the desert place. God has done amazing and miraculous and wondrous things in the desert place. God, why am I here? Why is it dry? Why is it lonely? God, are you speaking to me? Remember, he's not absent. Just look for the cloud. Just look for the fire. Trust the manna. Trust the water. Allow me to say this. Trust the process. 
trust God's process. Because, God, you are working. And I'm honored, God, that the desert's not just desolation. But, God, you're trying to speak to me. Can we stand to our feet here tonight? Oh, I know it spoke to many here tonight. Desolation. I believe that beauty will rise from it. In the desert place, a desert flower. Amen. Can we close our eyes and lift our hands? Nothing else matters but you and God right now. They still prayed in the desert. They still had God's service in the desert. They still had a tabernacle in the wilderness, in the desert. God, speak to us tonight. God, we are walking through our sand dunes of our spiritual life. God, it has been so long, God. It seems so quiet, God, so silent. But God, I know that you are working. God, you have sustained me with the manna and the water. And God, help us to focus on a cloud by day and a fire by night. Because God, as a church, you are hardening us for the battle to come. The battle for our promise. The battle for our fulfillment. The battle, oh God, for that performance, that fulfillment of prophecy. God, you have made a promise to this church. You have had a prophecy to this church. And God, many of us here tonight are wandering in our Sinai. God, wondering when the land flowing with milk and honey. But God, you have removed us from distractions just to focus on you. God, help us to be still and know that you are God. Lord, we remember that Moses spoke to you face to face on Mount Sinai in the desert place. God, we desire that kind of encounter here tonight. God, move on your sons and your daughters. God, help them to understand that you are hardening them. God, you are tempering them. God, you are creating them to be the spiritual warriors, God, that you desire us to be in Jesus' name. These altars are open. Some of us tonight need to just come and pray in the desert place. There are many altars that were built in the desert place. Amen. These altars are open. If you want prayer, we will pray for you. So good to see everybody this evening. We're not going to formally dismiss. Amen. If you want to look it up, those Kuwaiti lizards, they are the stuff of nightmares, Brother Rusty. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Pray for Bishop for traveling mercies. We will see everybody Wednesday. Youth Ensemble, don't forget that your practice is at 6 p.m. on Wednesday. Looking forward to our youth service. May the Lord bless you and keep you.